You're listening to the Theology for the Church podcast with Dr. Caleb Leonard, a resource for the church that aims to help Christians explore how Christian doctrine, framed by the biblical story, is to be applied to the Christian life in the context of the local church. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Theology for the Church podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Leonard, and I'm joined today by Dr. Tim Wiebe, pastor of spiritual formation at Brookside Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Tim, how are you? I'm good, Caleb. Hey, thanks so much for the invite. Great to be with you today. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this conversation. We're going to be talking about why study theology and what does theological education and training look like in the context of the local church. But before we jump into some more specific questions, I would just like for you to share uh, with our listeners a little bit of your background, family, education, current ministry, church involvement, those type of things. Yeah, love it. Yeah, uh, thanks again for being, uh, for for inviting me, Caleb. So good to be with you. Uh, I am the pastor of spiritual formation at Brookside Church, uh, married to my wife, Carrie, for 22 plus years, which is great, a highlight of my life for sure. Together we have four boys. We have a senior in high school, a sophomore in high school, and then twin eighth graders. And so every day is an adventure, but man, it is such a sweet season for us. And that's awesome. uh, Yeah, something to look forward to. So yeah, so you know how it is being a dad, just looking forward to being home. For sure. Every night. Uh, then in terms of education, just finished a doctor of ministry program at Southern, which is where we had a chance to interact and meet. So yeah. fun to get to know you a little bit through that. Uh, so finished my doctor of ministry in applied theology at Southern just recently. Uh, before that, I got my master of divinity from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in the Chicago area. And then before that, got a bachelor's in Christian education and Bible from Grace University in Omaha, which has gone the way of, unfortunately, a lot of small Christian colleges that shut its mm. doors about five or six years ago. And then, yeah, and on stop at Brookside, I've been here since 2005, grew up at Brookside before that. So it was great that they That's saw neat. fit to like ask me on, even since I've, uh, even though I've been there since the, the fourth grade, but I've been on staff since 2005 in a whole lot of different roles. Uh, currently um, help our groups ministry, care ministries, next gen. I oversee our residency program. I get to do some teaching as well, all kind of underneath that umbrella of uh, spiritual formation. But then one of the constants in every role has often been just being a theological voice and providing theological education in, for, by, and with uh, the local church. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. I currently serving in a, in a similar role. So my title's a equipping pastor at Grace Life Church. So I oversee our small groups, our adult education, theological training, and leadership training. So I thought you'd be a great conversation partner to kind of kick this inaugural episode of the podcast off. No, with, so. looking forward to learning from you and just having a conversation together today. Awesome. Well, with that kind of intro material, let me start us off here Tim, and just let's say you've been given, you know, two to three minutes, right? You're in the hallway in the education building or whatever at your church, right? And you've got yeah. two to three minutes to convince a new believer to take a class on essential Christian beliefs that your church is offering. So how would you answer the question if they asked you, 
why study theology? Yeah. So first of all, I'd ask for three or four more minutes than just that first three or two or <laughs> sure. three. You know, but but it's, it's such a good question because that's the question people are asking. Like, why should I do this? Because they may have had bad experiences, may have some wrong uh, stereotypes about theology. So so first foot in the door for me would be would be, hey, you're already a theologian. Um, everybody thinks about God, like who God is, what God is like, what's wrong with the world, what God is up to, what that means for us. Uh, at the root, these are all theological questions. And so I would just say you're already a theologian. How do we make sure we're good Christian theologians by looking to God's word, to what God has revealed to us about theology, which would be kind of my second angle into the conversation. I'd then say, and the great news is God has told us like he's, he's revealed himself to us in all these ways. And so it is such a great opportunity to learn about God the way he's revealed himself to us. Which just makes sense, right? I mean, all of us should want to learn about the people around us, yeah. the ways they reveal themselves to us. When I was dating my wife, Carrie, probably like you, Caleb, when you were dating your wife, we are students of our wives. Not just when we're dating, still today, 22 years in, I'm a student of my wife. Mm -hmm. But man, 22 years ago, we had the chance to be friends first, which is great. But so I knew what kind of restaurant she liked. I knew what kind of things she liked to do. And so I factored in who she was to how I related to her. So I took her to Olive Garden because when you're 18 years old, free breadsticks are awesome. Then we went to, to a play at a yeah. theater in Omaha. <laughs> I knew she'd like that. But I had been paying attention to who she revealed herself to be so I could relate to her in that way. So it wasn't just my idea of Carrie or who I wanted her to be, but who is Carrie. And theology gives us a chance to do that with God, right? Where we have just a chance to say, who has God revealed himself to be? And then what an opportunity to relate to God the way he's revealed himself to us. Mm. So, so that's where I'd start. But man, this is where I want to learn from you and alongside you, Caleb. Uh, what would you say? I, I'm just interested too. Like, how has theology been pivotal in your own life? What, what got you into theology such that you're wanting to start this podcast even? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And thanks for your response to, to that. I would, I would affirm everything you know, that you said there, especially with our uh, two to three minute time cap. <laughs> so now it's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in, in church. I've always loved learning, um, particularly the Bible, studying the Bible. Uh, but I was never really exposed to much theological thinking or training or resources, reading classes, whatever those avenues are right until yep. uh, college. And so I went to a liberal arts private school. Uh, it was a religious studies major. And so I, I learned theology from a more postmodern liberal bent at that, you know, secular yep. private liberal arts school, but I actually learned a lot and it helped solidify certain, you know, beliefs that I had or made me really dive into theology even more deeply. And so that's actually where I started to take a deeper dive into reformed theology in particular. And it was kind of through that self exploration that started with guys like J.I. Packer and John yeah. Piper and, and some of those, and then leading into, you know, older sources like Edwards and Owen well, and yeah. Augustine and Luther, Luther and Calvin. And so I started reading you know, those guys, I was, just realized how much I didn't know and how much mm. there was out there to know about God. You know, he's inexhaustible. And so that led me to 
be like, man, I've, I've got to go to seminary. And so we were in California. And so I got accepted into Western Seminary, long story short, in Portland, Oregon. And my first semester is a, you know, theology major there. I had a Doctrine of God seminar hmm. uh, with uh, Dr. Ryan Lister, who was teaching there at the time. And it was the first time I'd ever actually read a systematic theology textbook in my life. And so it was Millard Erickson. And we were reading that uh, alongside that we were reading Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity. Yes. Yeah. And Good. so I, those two together with Ryan's lectures just like blew my mind of like, wow, I don't feel like I know much at all, you know, about God and theology, but it was exciting. It wasn't like devastating, you know, to me. And so I, I just caught a fire, you know, the, the spirit of God just lit a fire in me. It's like, this is what I want to do with my life. You know, I want to study God deeply and I want to communicate these doctrines, these truths, uh, to God's people, you know, particularly the church. I have a heart and passion for the local church and theology made accessible in the local church because it wasn't really something I had. Uh, and, and I just see the huge benefit, you know, to that. And so that was kind of, you know, my journey to really loving, you know, theology was a little bit of like exposure to things that probably, you know, should turn you off to you know, theology and then diving it into, my, into it myself and then, kind of pursuing more formal education that way. Awesome. Love it. Good stuff. So well, let me shift just a little bit now, if that's why we should study theology. What place does theological education have in the local church, would you say? Yeah, so uh, so I'm a fan of theological education, so obviously easy to answer. Man, it's got a key place. It is an essential ingredient in terms of this recipe of what God is doing in, through, and for the local church. And so it's, it's huge. But my second breath, you know, as I talk about that, is that that it's got a it's got a key place in the life in the life of the local church, but it's also got a ministerial place where I think people have just some negative stereotypes. They've seen the, the divisiveness of theology. They, they've seen how it can be stifling if misunderstood or misapplied. And so I would always want to paint this picture of theology should serve uh, the great commandment and the great commission. And so how do we just paint that picture for theology that it helps us love the Lord our God with everything about who we are? It helps us make disciples of all nations. Um, and so theology is a servant that way. But but then once I get into the next layer of that conversation about just about how we can do theology in the life of the local church, the place that it has, uh, I just talk a lot about five different pictures for doing theology that I bring up all the time. People around here, maybe if they've been to some of my classes are tired of me bringing these up. But, but these five pictures, I, I think the five ways theology can serve the church. One is as a foundation, just providing structure and stability. Uh, two, theology provides us filter. So that way experience isn't left by itself. But, but how do we interpret and process our experiences that way? Third, theology acts as a fence, putting healthy boundaries around what Christianity is and can do. Theology is a fountain, right? It refreshes and it gives life. And then theology is fuel. It, it drives our worship and our mission. And so those are five images, right? Five Fs, you know, since I love alliteration. Yeah. That I'm always coming back to to say, okay, so, so the local church needs all of those things. 
The local church needs a foundation, needs a filter, right? Needs a fence, needs a fountain, and it needs fuel. And theology is set up to provide each of those things. And so, so by virtue of that, right, that's a long answer maybe, but, but theology is essential for the life of the church. No, I think, I think that's really, that's really helpful because that kind of gives us this framework for how thinking theologically in the church and how we go about educating people theologically uh, actually happens, right? So from those, those images, those pictures, that, that framework, right? That's kind of the, the mission statement, right? Of why theology in, in the local church, like what, what place does it have? Like, that's awesome. Here's the place that it serves. But practically speaking, what does that look like to, to implement those pictures in the life of a local church? And maybe just share with us a little bit about how Brookside does that. Yeah, so I'll start talking, Caleb. Feel free to interrupt me if there's any bunny trails you want to kind of dig into a little sure. bit more, go down at all. But um, but I'm a I'm a big fan, at least at the meta level, of saying, okay, how do we how do we do theological education formally? Uh, what are the classes, preaching schedules, uh, residencies, things like that that I'll get into here in a second? But so, what are the formal ways we do that? But then what are the informal ways we need to be just seasoning the life of the church with good theological content in ways that maybe the church isn't even aware of? Like they don't know that, hey, that conversation I had with Tim, we didn't talk about the value of theology. But if they went back and saw the replay of it, like the director's cut of that conversation, mm-hmm. they would say, oh, man, there's a lot of theology there. When, when my boys were a lot younger, um, my wife would find creative ways to get them to eat something besides like microwavable burritos and chips. Sure. And so uh, now they're to all teenagers. They'll eat anything that provides calories for them. But so she would find creative ways to get cauliflower into everything. Right. So there's, I don't even know there's ways <laughs> to mash cauliflower or rice cauliflower. And so they didn't know what they were eating. They, they were getting nutrients in ways they had no idea. And so that's where I'm a fan of just the, the, the informal side of what theolo- theological education can offer without calling it formal theological education. But so what we do at Brookside anyway. So as we kind of look at those two categories, formally, um, we certainly want to think intentionally about our sermon series. And so uh, we preach expositorily, whether that's through books of the Bible or even when we do topics there's always one passage we're mining deeply to say, what's the point of this passage that we can apply to this congregation? And so over the course of time, man, that lays a good theological base for people. So uh, last fall, we preached the Genesis. So people are going to hear about creation, who we are, what's wrong with the world, right? God's providence as we looked at the life of Joseph. Right now we're in First Peter. So they hear a lot about identity, suffering, mission, cultural engagement. Those are theological topics. We don't say, hey, we're talking about a theological topic right now, but over the course of time, just through good preaching, they'll get that. We offer classes. Um, So we used to offer a much more formalized Brookside Institute. Uh, Now we kind of do more sometimes seminars is what I call them in terms of belief matters, right? Where just the, uh, an overview crash course in systematic theology. We offer a class on hermeneutics, on discipleship, which is where I focus a lot of my doctoral work. Uh, who is the disciple and how do we create disciples as a healthy local church? We have a residency. So for 11 months, interns and residents 
once a month, they sit in a classroom environment and hear about theological topics. So there's things we do formally. But then I love that informally, we have book recommendations we can give to people. We subscribe to Right Now Media as a church for small groups. So churches that are digging into that. We have a person on our team who helps elevate certain Right Now Media choices. So it's not overwhelming with a bazillion different options, but at least they see 10 different studies highlighted to say, if I'm looking for a place to start, where's the place Brookside would point me first? I love that there's a small group of men that between studies, if they're studying the book of the Bible, some other book they're reading, they'll spend a, a chapter or two worth of time reading through a systematic theology. And so there's lots of ways to season uh, theological content in informally. So that's a little bit what we do informally, a little bit what we do formally, just to give people a taste of how we try to approach it uh, intentionally. Um, and then just always driving home the value of theology as that, those those five Fs that I mentioned earlier. Sure. No, that's, that's great. That's really helpful to kind of put some meat on the bones there of those images and those pictures that you shared earlier. And, you know, in my, my context, we're about a 12 year old church plant. And so really the focus early on has just been corporate worship, right? Having that be really biblical, really solid. Uh, We're a Baptist church. We have more of a formal liturgy, like not high church, but we have prayers of confession and pastoral prayer and our, our music, the way the service is designed moves through the storyline of scripture from you know, creation to fall to redemption cool. to consummation and that type of thing. Yeah. So we're kind of always teaching the story of scripture and the gospel just by you participating in corporate worship, right? And then part of my task of, of what I do here at Grace Life as the equipping pastor is think through, uh, like you said, our, our classes. What does that structure, you know, look like so that we're forming well-rounded disciples of Christ, so we have our, you know, Bible overview, theology classes, how to study the Bible, uh, what is the gospel. So thinking of a spectrum from baby believer, you know, cradle to grave type of perspective as far as even even thinking of like that in terms of regeneration, not just age, right? So mm, yep, for your younger and older saints that way. And then we're actually for the the first time, this is our this is our kind of inaugural year of our theology training program. And basically what that looks like is we're a church plan. We don't have our own building. We can only rent facilities for X amount of time, right? So uh, what I did is I designed three courses. It's a one-year discipleship program where you'll take those three courses, and it's systematic theology, biblical theology, and then practical theology, so spiritual disciplines, conflict resolution, uh, those type of things. So what so what that does is I've recorded – uh, lectures and built an online classroom. And then once a month, we get together and discuss particular application pieces to specific doctrines and different aspects of systematic, biblical, and practical theology. And so that also serves as our first year elder training. Uh, yep. And so we have a multi-year process uh, for that. And so it's kind of a kind of a mix, you know, a little bit of a hybrid format where we get a little bit of in-person, uh, a little bit of uh, some Zoom sessions and things like that. But for us is still in this phase between church plant and established church. It, uh, 
this is the first year, so it's been going good so far. <laughs> you know, two weeks yeah. in. So, yeah. uh, is that how far you went through it? Yeah. yeah. Give me yeah. some of the initial feedback you've gotten from that, Caleb. What are you hearing from people that are involved? Yeah. So it was. It, it took about six months for me to put it all together, and so we're only two weeks in. We've we've had one one meeting, but so far um, it, it's been really positive because there's there's some short writing and reading assignments along with the videos, uh, so that people can. You know, once they finish, they kind of have a cheat sheet of how to study the Bible, a couple of, you know, paragraph, short paragraph or two on each major doctrine of the faith that they can use as they evangelize, as they work in their small groups, as they think about becoming, you know, elders and deacons and, and things like that yeah. in in the church. So I'm curious to, you know, come to the end of the first year and kind of get some feedback and see different things we can mm. tweak, you know, that way, but really just wanted to do that to offer another layer to our discipleship because our quarterly classes, we don't require homework assignments, right? It's like, we want people to be there, uh, but it's not like, you know, here's the assignments, here's the videos, here's the seminar. Right. Like you really need to show up and, you know, do this and be able to commit 90 minutes to two hours a week to doing this program for a year together, right? I mean, it's a big commitment, but yeah. we want to also have that, you know, next level of training for those that are that are interested. And so it's been really awesome to see the positive feedback as far as participation as our church is about, you know, 200 people or so. And we have 27 about wow. signed up for it and about a 50-50 split men and women. So it's pretty, pretty exciting times. Huge, and yeah. Yeah, so it'd be... Uh, really looking forward to to how that goes, and I've also solicited some you know expert theologians and people to come speak. Um, you've probably had classes with some of them at different seminaries and things to come lead some of those seminar sessions. So they don't have to like yeah. just watch videos of me and then watch me teach the seminar. They get to <laughs> interact more. So yeah. so those live seminar times are a place where they can interact uh, with one yeah. another. Um, with others, ask questions. Really, the seminars are applied theology time because I've I've already done a lecture on the doctrine of scripture. But like, why does that matter? That's what those seminars are, you know, are really doing, you know, that yeah. way. And then, like you said, informally, whether it's in a small group or men getting together to read books or women doing a Bible study, you know, we see all of that as you know theological education, Absolutely. you know, going on, and we structure our you know, sermon calendars and things like that, very similar to, to what you all do that way. So, And I'm a huge fan uh, of doing exactly what you've done with offering different levels for the, the, the very accessible, you know, no homework. I, I think we have to find ways to open up people's eyes to the wonder of everything theology offers and just change mindsets in the most accessible way possible. But then I'm also a fan of, of raising the bar because I've talked with a lot of people that when you raise the bar, they raise up with it, you know. And so to to offer some guided readings, some accessibly offered homework. So it's not too intimidating, right? They're not getting sure, a doctoral yeah. degree or a graduate degree necessarily. But they want to be pushed and they want to be, be, be coached towards articulating certain things, towards reading books they wouldn't necessarily run across on their own. And so that's just a great, great, great approach. We found success with that here. And I'm glad to hear the response you're getting uh, there at Grace Life. Awesome. Well, 
I'm sure we have some some listeners who are pastors, ministry leaders, and you know, just what would be some advice to pastors and ministry leaders and churches on some first steps here? Like, let's say they're they're buying into it. Like, I want to do more intentional theological training. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm doing that maybe pretty pretty well informally, maybe. But what would be, you know, formally, what, what do I do for some first steps? Because it seemed kind of daunting to try to tackle robust theological thinking in every area of ministry all at the same time, right? Especially if it hasn't been done much before or, you know, a guy's a solo pastor somewhere, bivocational perhaps, and maybe he's even starting, you know, from scratch. What would what would yeah. that look like? And And then maybe some nuances of you know, a church that's 50 versus 500, you know, or a hundred versus a thousand. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I just come alongside them pastorally and just encourage them. The, the, the desire is the right desire. Um, uh, I'd also say you'll see lots of other things other churches do that you just can't immediately transfer over to your context. And so, so the first two things before I get tactical are, are just listening well to your people. You know, uh, just doing the the work of a pastor, right? Sitting with people, listening well, learning from them to hear the questions they're asking, to even see where there are gaps in how they're thinking and how how can theology help help connect the dots in the right ways for people. And so so to listen and to learn really well and then to make sure other elders, uh, ministry leaders, pastors are also on board with it as well. Uh, especially if you're in an associate role, there's times when I'll talk with an associate pastor and they want to do this. I, I would say before you start anything with the rest of the church, make sure to to help um, everybody in the church, like all the leadership of the church, see that theology gives life. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cultivate division. It's not going to be weaponized in any sort of very restricting, stifling way. But how does theology do all those things we talked about earlier, right? Foundation, fuel, found, uh, fountain, all of those sorts of things. And so, so once you have the, the leadership on board, elders, other ministry directors, once you've listened well, I would just say fold a piece of paper in half or pull out your app on your phone. And I just go back to what I've already said with start thinking through formal things that you've either seen other churches do or that you can creatively brainstorm for your context. So develop that list of formal ideas, write them down, right? This is just blue sky thinking, anything and everything that comes to mind. Also have a category for informal ways that you can probably start doing something tomorrow that that is just the informal theological education that is so vital. Um, and then once you've, uh, once you've done that, then I would say start to look at that formal list and say, are there ministry environments where we can start to apply some of these formal ideas, classes we can redirect and offer a systematic theology overview, biblical theology class, discipleship, something in that space where we're already doing classes. So how do we just redirect something very specifically towards that? Is there an internship program, however basic, that we can breathe life into that way? And so so to really think through those formal ideas and say, what is what is one or two of these formal ideas I can start to take ground with today? And then for every one formal idea, I'd say put the gas pedal down with three informal ideas. Because when theological education can take the shape of, of 
of organizational, like structural programmatic emphasis and organic informal ground up. When you get both of those toggles going, that's powerful. When the organization, right, the, the, the structures of the church and the organism are working together. Yeah. That's where it just takes on a fun life of its own. Uh, and then last thing I'd say is, uh, like you've already discussed, Caleb, it's, it's just wisdom to say, don't think of, of what you can do in the next three to five weeks. Instead, think of the next three to five months or even better, the next three to five years. And then what can you be doing in the next week or two that'll help cultivate that? And so how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's just stay faithful um, with, with just doing those small things formally and informally that can help move, move the needle in the direction of good theological equipping. No, that's really helpful. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, just it's been my experience that most people just need some exposure to yeah. theology and, you know, there's different, there's varying levels of how enjoyable it is to some, right? But I would say in my experience in pastoral ministry in, in the church is that once people are exposed and they really start to dive into their Bibles, into who God is and all things in relation to God, they get excited. They, they want yeah to learn it opens up things for them that they've never thought about and seen. And even if it's the the same thing they've heard, you know, it's like a diamond, they're flipping it around and seeing the different facets and the different yeah. faces of that stone. Right. And so it just becomes inexhaustible. And then there's some, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a buzz around, you know, like, Hey, you, you gotta, you know, take this class like next time it's offered or, you know, yeah. this, this training program, like this, this was really enjoyable. Like, yeah, there's some work in it, but you got to do it because like, you're going to know God better, right? You're going to experience and encounter God. If you're, if you're prayerful and, you know, his spirit ministering to you through the word yes. being ministered to you is going to transform you. And so that's, what's exciting, you know, about theology. And even as you said, even offering something at the most basic level of, you know, I think most pastors or lay elders, let's say in a church can get a couple of guys together and read a basic theology book together, even if it's once a month and say, Hey, just read a chapter. Let's talk about it. I'm going to plan on writing five really good questions, you know, to ask from this book and let's just go through it over the next year or two. And yeah. just build on something like that. And then Absolutely. maybe it becomes a Sunday school class, like you said. And then maybe later on it becomes a, you know, full-blown theology training program, whatever that looks like. Uh, the point isn't, you know, to, like you said, to try to replicate exactly what another church is doing, you know, but definitely, you know, pool some resources, talk to some churches that already yeah. have some things going like you want to do at your church and just say, Hey, I need some help. Uh, I, I'd like some starting points here. I'm not really sure what to do because I know as a, as a pastor, I love having those conversations because I've, yep. 
I've been there. I'm still there. It's, I'm just working on a different project now, or I'm working on tweaking a project. So yeah. I'm on calls constantly where I'm like, I need wisdom. I need help. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, that's great for you. That's not going to work here, but yeah. that doesn't matter uh, because I can tweak that and I can change things. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the point is of like wanting to create well-formed disciples, right? People who are worshipers of Christ, who are learning Christ yeah. and who are proclaiming Christ, right? And that that yeah. fuels just a desire and devotion for God that fuels greater worship and desire to study the word and yeah. minister to others. So, And we live in a fun time where there's this renaissance of appreciation for that sort of theological equipping. Uh, maybe you've had some of the same conversations or you're aware of some of the same resources out there as churches that are helping pave the way for this. But there's more and more churches all the time, all over the nation, Midwest and everywhere, that are really returning to some sort of institute model or this intentional training model because we never want to take away from what the sermon can do, but the sermon can't do everything. We never want to take away from what small groups can do, but small groups can't do everything. And so how do we just add a layer that helps further catechize, if I can use mm -hmm. that language, to yeah. further lay this foundation for people to know, love, and obey God and his word? Because he's revealed himself to us. So what a great opportunity to yeah. lean into that. Yeah. And, and then we have more ways just with the accessibility of media these days, more ways to make that sort of equipping accessible to people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, no, that's great. And, you know, just to add one thing to that, I think the reality is as well that there, there's people in our churches that really want to study theology deeply, but for various circumstances, it could be financial, vocational stage in life. Like they can't just uproot themselves and go to seminary or take a bunch of online classes, whether it's for audit or for a degree, right? And for the majority of people in our churches, it's not necessary if the church is, you know, being diligent and doing what they can, right, with, with what God's yeah. given them and space and time, right, with where they're at and their various ministries and things, but actually equipping people, you know, theologically, Right. And just making sure that how are we taking steps toward that if we don't have something, you know, like that right now? Because in every church, there's people that are interested in that, that, that need that training. And you never know. They, they might be elders and pastors one day. They might that might spark something that makes them go pursue a seminary degree. Right. Absolutely. Or it just might make them one of the most effective evangelists in your congregation that they have no desire to pursue pastoral yes. ministry, right? But they can lead a small group like nobody's business, right? That they're good at engaging people in the community with the gospel. And so, you know, just seeing how different, you know, individuals are wired differently. God calls us to different locations and things. But theology, like you said at the beginning of, of this conversation, it's, it's for everyone. Everyone is a theologian. Yeah. So if that's true... Everybody walking into my church, I've got to be thinking that about them. And I want to make sure that I provide the space and the resources and the equipping to help them be the best theologian that they yeah. can be. Yeah, if I can jump in there real quick with a quick story. I remember uh, it was a few years ago, but I was teaching a class on systematic theology. Uh, we were just talking about just the, the, the basic structure of the, the doctrine of the Trinity, right? Who God is, triune. 
and they raised their hand and said, hey, I was in a small group just a few weeks ago and a relatively new believer uh, just raised their hand or they didn't raise, probably raise their hand in a small group and said, hey, why is the Trinity really that big of a deal? A, a, a genuine question. Great know, question. question. But I'm so glad that there was enough people in that small group to say, that's the right question. And so, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal. Nothing like that. They didn't respond that way. They said, actually, it is amazing that we have one God who's revealed himself to us in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they just took two minutes or whatever to unpack that and, and to help direct this genuine question down a right trajectory instead of minimizing it. And so I have no idea how many of those spaces, like small group environments where that sort of question comes up, but man, that reinforces to me, we never know when that question will come up. And so how do we just create these spaces so that way when, not if, but when those questions come up, there are more and more and more people equipped to say, yeah, actually that is the right question to ask. The Trinity is a big deal or whatever the question is, and then steers them and points them forward in a healthy way. No, that's a, that's a great example. I appreciate you sharing that because it's, it is one of those things where you're like, I, I want people to feel confident at, you know, like a basic foundational level saying things like that. Like, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. It's like the Trinity that it's, it's a, it's a difficult doctrine, right? But let, let me tell you what the church has believed and professed through the ages about who God has revealed himself to be. And I can do that. Yeah. And so that's, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So last question here, what are some helpful resources for pastors and ministry leaders who want to implement some of the things we've been talking about that I could perhaps link to here in the show notes? You have some, some books or other resource recommendations. Yeah, so I'm a reader, so uh, never want to overwhelm people with books, but I'll provide just a couple that have been uh, helpful for me and formative. And so JT English, pastor out in um, Arvada, Colorado, he's got a great book called Deep Discipleship, where he really just breathes life into just this value of theological education, uh, kind of an institute style program uh, in and for the life of the church. So Deep Discipleship is great. And then uh, I'm also a fan of, there's a couple books by J.I. Packer, or one book by J.I. Packer he co-wrote with Gary Parrott called Grounded in the Gospel, Building Believers the Old-Fashioned Way. And he just really reinforced the value of, of catechesis, which maybe isn't an intimidating or foreign word to people, but it's really just how do we lay a foundation for people on which they can continue to build. Or there's a much more robust version of that book uh, that is just called teaching the faith, forming the faithful, uh, and then something that like education for the life of the church, something like that in the subtitle by Gary Parrott, who's a, a seminary professor up in the Northeast and Steve Kang. Uh, so those are more like philosophical, you know, just like structure wise, how do we do this? I'm also a fan just for pastors uh, of D.A. Carson and John Piper's book, The Pastor as a Scholar and the Scholar as Pastor, just to try to wed these ideas together yeah. of how do we put scholarship together with local church ministry instead of seeing them as separate. Uh, two quick websites then. Uh, there's pastortheologians.org. 
whatever.com or .net. <laughs> There's a center of pastor theologians kind of based out of the Chicago area that's helpful. And then uh, I've got some of my own thoughts on the brooksideinstitute.net where you'll see more than you want, but that's where I've collected some of my own thoughts on how we can equip well uh, in for, by, and with the local church. Awesome. Well, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about why study theology, the importance of that, and also theological education in the church. Thanks, brother. Yeah, Caleb, thank you so much for spearheading this. This is important work. Uh, Great time hanging out with you. Awesome. Till next time. Listeners, if you enjoy the podcast, Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and give it a good review, whether written or just clicking some stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps others find this show that may be interested in gospel-centered resources like this one. Thank you, and until next time, Sola de Gloria.